66, 65, 64, 63, 62, 61, 60, 59. This New Year's Eve, I challenge you to start your countdown from 66 instead of 10. Why? Because then you might have a feeling for the discipline it really takes to reach your resolutions for the year. Research shows that on average, it takes approximately 66 days for a habit to become automatic. Only 12% of New Year's resolutions even make it past day 40. Discipline is the missing link for those 88%. Discipline is the missing link to make our resolutions into realizations. But as we all know, discipline is something money can't buy. It can't be muscled into our lives. It's something that must be grown and cultivated from the inside, where it can fuel our spiritual growth and transformation. Discipline is anything but one-dimensional. It's anything but mundane or full of doership, as our culture seems to imply. In the yogic tradition, discipline is the wish-fulfilling tree. Discipline is the bestower of grace, the redeemer of imperfection, the source of our spiritual growth. Take a moment, reflect on anything significant you have ever accomplished in your life, and you'll see discipline was there, walking with you step for step. So let's take a moment together to see how the yogic tradition describes and cultivates discipline so that we can take our resolutions into the realm of realization this year. 49, 48, 47, 46. Here at Konalani Yoga Ashram, we have seen this 66-day uh, research study fact proven firsthand. In 2020, like so many, we pivoted to doing our work online, which for us is meditation and yoga teacher trainings. Meeting once a week for nine weeks means these trainings typically lasted about 63 days. And the results have been astounding. The research does seem to be true. We saw deeper and more meaningful, meaningful connections created than ever before. We saw our students reach new levels of their practice, not just in their professional sphere of yoga or meditation, but in their personal sphere of, of transforming their life and their life at home. If there was one silver lining of quarantine, it's that it helped all of us reach into new levels of discipline that we simply never knew existed. We were given like a golden ticket of discipline in the form of stay at home orders, right? And at the ashram and in our sangha and in our trainings, we really maxed out that ticket. And we felt a tremendous growth spurt from it. And at the heart of that growth spurt, if you look closely, is nothing, under, uh, nothing other than the transformational power of discipline and its clear role in our practice as the building block of spiritual growth. 38, 37, 36, 35, 34, 34. It's easy to mistakenly equate discipline with a dull state, like uh, just showing up for work every day in a ho-hum kind of way. In fact, I could barely get myself to put discipline in the title of this podcast because I thought it would actually deter people from reading it. You know, we all have sort of an aversion to this word. 
the yogic tradition has a very different perspective on this word. <laughs> One that literally describes it as the fuel of transformation. You see, transformation is a product of heat, which is why teachers in the yogic tradition wear orange to represent an inner state of growth and change. Did you know that the Sanskrit word for heat, tapas, can also be translated as discipline? That's just how important the concept of discipline is for yogis. It's synonymous with the actual fuel of growth. It's synonymous with growth itself. This is because discipline takes focus. Focus creates heat and heat generates transformation. You know, for example, what does it take to keep your mind on a mantra? Discipline, right? And what happens when you really keep your mind on that mantra with discipline? You probably start to heat up. They go hand in hand. And what happens with some when what happens when something heats up? It changes. You know, put anything in a hot pot on the stove and you're gonna change it. You're gonna transform it. This is how the yogic tradition describes our own inner transformations. As Babaji teaches in his book Spiritual Practice we are able to create such a tremendous flow and heat that we are performing a massive purification. He says, there were times that physically I was so hot in winter weather that I would wear a t-shirt because I was burning up so much stuff from deep inside through my practice. You see, to yogis, discipline is not a dull state, far from it. Discipline is a dynamic and vibrant state, a glowing state. 27, Our culture usually equates discipline, if it's not with boredom, they equate it with a negative experience. You know, disciplinary action means you're being punished. Uh, but in the yoga tradition, discipline is actually a great source of peace and solace. Patanjali writes in his Yoga Sutras from 2000 years ago, quote, by cultivating discipline, one is redeemed of all guilt and imperfection, and the higher abilities of the body and senses are attained. That's Sutra 2.43. Ponder that for a moment. Through discipline, we are redeemed of guilt and imperfection. Redeemed of guilt and imperfection through discipline. This is particularly important for everybody to remember as we approach our New Year's resolutions. Because those resolutions usually involve a wish to be different than you are at the moment. And this can lead us to feel discontent or frustrated with our current state. That's not necessary and that's not helpful uh, if you're really seeking transformation. So look at this through the lens of discipline and see it in a different way. I'll show you what I mean. Let's say you make a resolution to, you know, get in shape. Know, whatever that might mean to you um, and you start to apply yourself to that end in a disciplined way meaning like you you show up um, for your workouts regularly or you know you're putting the right kind of meal in front of yourself regularly if you can do it in a disciplined way you're gonna feel better about your current state of being long before you quote-unquote lose the weight you know or make that change that you're seeking why? Because when you're doing something with discipline, day in and day out, 
you know inside that you're walking in the direction of your resolution. And even though you might not be there yet, your mind rests in a peaceful state. It rests assured, knowing you're on the right track. It's really a subtle form of magic. You're able to have the experience of reaching your goal while you're on the path to your goal. And that's why the sutras tell us that discipline is the redeemer of guilt and imperfection and the bestower of the highest abilities of our body and senses. 19, Discipline is also a bestower of knowledge in yogic tradition. According to Patanjali, quote, devoted practice, end quote, disciplined practice is the fuel that ignites the radiance of wisdom which eradicates our ignorance. That's Sutra 2.28. Devoted practice, disciplined practice, ignites the radiance of wisdom which eradicates our ignorance. This wisdom burns up our ignorance and that is happening through discipline. Discipline is actually synonymous with understanding itself, literally understanding within the yogic tradition. Sacred texts and teachings in the yogic tradition, they're known as shastras. Might be a word you haven't heard before, but it's a word that is a part of the tradition. It actually means, you know, a, a treatise, a, a book of teachings, you know, a yogic teaching, shastra. So shastra contains the root word shasa, and that root word shasa is also translated to mean discipline. So literally within the word shastra, within the word yogic teachings, is the word discipline. Which means you can't just read a yogic teaching and understand it. You gotta live the teachings over time and allow the transformation to arrive. And when you step back to think about it, this makes sense. I mean, you don't read a Shastra, a yogic teaching, for example, like the Shiva Sutras or the Yoga Sutras, you don't read them necessarily because they're fun reading, although I think they are, but you read them because they are guides on a path of practice, right? They're a guidebook. They're not just a book. And in that way, they're like a set of rules. They're like a, a set of, of disciplinary actions that are going to point you in the right direction. Jai Davis Singh says it better than me. He's uh, one of the foremost authorities on the Shiva Sutras. We use his translation for a lot of our work. Um, he describes Shastras in just this way. He says, A Shastra expounds the fundamental principles of reality, but at the same time, it lays down certain rules, certain norms of conduct, which have to be observed by those who study the particular Shastra. A Shastra, he says, is not simply a way of thought, but also a way of life. So a yogic teaching is going to, he says, expound the principles of reality. It's going to describe the mountaintop, right? But he says at the same time as it's doing that, it's laying down certain rules and norms of conduct that we must observe in order to reach that mountaintop. So right there, within the concept of a Shastra, within the concept of a yogic teaching itself, we see that it takes discipline and work to 
grasp to understand. 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. Lineage teacher Swami Rujananda talks about this same concept a lot. And he, the way that he taught it, um, in, in my opinion, was when he talked about how understanding something or spiritual growth, um, he, he used to describe it as costing us tremendously as practitioners. He said it cost us tremendously to grow. And what he means by that is that we have to pay deeply with our own personal effort to achieve a teaching. You know, you can open a book and just read a teaching and it feels like, oh, I got it. Not really. Um, according to our lineage, according to the, the sacred texts, there is much more to understanding. And for fun, I, I saw this in the movie uh, Doctor Strange, the Marvel movie, when he was pursuing his spiritual growth. Um, he was talking to someone and they said, that kind of reward comes at a great price, but we're not talking about money here. The price of real understanding, the price of real transformation takes personal effort in your actual life. There is no expense greater. That is the price of discipline. For example, what does it really cost you? What does it really take for you to do more mantra during your day? Sure, all of us can say, I'm going to do more mantra today. That's something you can read, you know, on an Instagram post. That's something you can read on a refrigerator. But what does it really take to do more mantra during your day? That's when you start to feel the cost of discipline. Because you got to pay with letting go of that thought you wanted to pursue with letting go of you know that fantasy that was going to occupy your mind or even that complaint that you were going to cycle around through your head the cost of discipline is high because it's a cost that comes from inside another example like what does it really take to surrender when the person you're talking to you feel like is wrong and you're right boy in my experience that level of surrender, that yogic teaching costs a lot. <laughs> it costs everything I've got. I have to literally empty my wallet on the floor in order to pay for that level of surrender. I got to let go of everything sometimes to really let go of a certain degree of tension or something that's coming up in my life. So we're not talking about money here, of course. We're talking about the effort of surrender the effort of cultivating this disciplined practice in our life. Um, and of course, as Rujananda taught, um, what we're emptying out of our pockets, what we're paying with, is, is actually tension that is causing us to suffer. So we're, we're literally paying with something that we should be grateful to get rid of. And what we're buying with that tension is a richness of life that we could never even think we could afford. So we're literally paying with what we should be getting rid of and we're receiving something we never could have thought we could afford. That, from any financial perspective, is a worthwhile investment. Five, four, three, two, one. Om Namah Shivaya. 
So as we all embark on a new year and a new level of practice, take a moment to reflect on the role of discipline in your life and in your practice. You know, I recommend journaling a little bit about this. You know, what does discipline mean to you? What does that word mean to you? How have you benefited from it in your practice and in your life? You know, reflect on some ways that you've really seen discipline through a different lens than just the, the ho-hum kind of level. Because it's been there with you in your highest moments. And then how can you work with discipline in its most positive light this year? You know, how can you shift your perspective on it as the yogic tradition is trying to teach us how to do? And if you do write a New Year's resolution, take a moment to just sort of contemplate it through the lens of discipline, through the lens of spiritual growth, so that you don't just make it through February, but you make it to a new level of your being. And if you're still listening, we have a special offer. Um, we, as yogis, uh, day in and day out yogis, we know how important it is to have structure when trying to cultivate the power of discipline in your spiritual practice. Like we know structure is huge. And to support um, our Sangha and our students, we have created a 30-day meditation journey where in just 30 minutes a day, you'll be guided through pranayama and meditation practices, as well as yogic philosophy and spiritual texts. There's even like a reflective journal question at the end of each post every day and a place where you can see other people's answers to that journal question. So it's like a community feeling. Normally, this is something we make available only to students taking our 200 hour yoga teacher training or meditation teacher trainings, but we're making it available to everyone who wants to participate this new year. All you gotta do is send us an email, konalaniyoga at gmail.com, and tell us what discipline means to you. And we'll send you a link to that 30-day journey. That's it. We wanna walk with you step for step as you reach new levels in your practice in 2021. And we hope that the 30-day journey can be a big, big part of that. So from everybody here at Konalani Yoga Ashram and from Shambhavananda Yoga as a whole, we wish you namaste, happy new year, and all the best and all the highest um, possible growth for you in 2021. Thank you so much for listening. Aloha and namaste.